Welcome back to another episode of APIs You Won't Hate, episode 13. Uh, today I am here with my great friend Mike. How's it going, Mike? Hey, Matt. I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm hanging in there, man. I am vaxxed to the max, and I'm ready to finally tackle all those problems I said I was going to do last year. Hell yeah. Do you have both doses in the arm? Both doses and post... Uh, this is going to be like week four post-second um, vaccine, so... Wow, congrats, man. I, I got my second dose last uh, Wednesday, so I'm, I'm working nice, on it. Did yeah. you get any, uh, any weird side effects or anything? Or uh, I noticed my uh, Wi-Fi got better straight away. Oh, yeah. Word, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I had some pain in the arm on the first shot, and then the second one, um, weirdly, I, I didn't have the same pain, but like my, uh, my underarm swelled up. Like oh, the really? lymph node there must have been oh. all upset with me. Yeah. So, that makes sense. I'm, I'm like, fine now. The first one didn't really like affect me at all. And then the second one just like I could feel where they uh, injected it, and then I got foggy for about two days, and then after that, just right back. Um, yeah, up to normal. Um, so you might be wondering, Phil is not here. Phil is having internet troubles um, because England is not as cool as America. Not really. He's right. just having internet troubles, and so instead of delaying this, Mike and I decided that we would tackle an interesting problem. And that problem currently is talking about Swagger versus Open API. Uh, now, Mike, I think you've you've probably heard of Swagger before, haven't you? Yeah. So, uh, so Swagger is that that thing that um, you use. It's it's like a tool to help you design and build APIs, right? It's like kind of the cutting edge uh, um, uh, strategy guidance and build chain for for API creation, right? Kind of. Yeah. Like back in the day, it was. Probably the most well-used, kind of most prominent. Um, it was, Swagger was a big one. Raml was another big one that was um, pretty well-used. Apiary and API Blueprint were kind of the, the four big API documentation tooling. And they had a few other, like, bits and pieces with them, too. But really, it just came down to uh, using those four if you wanted to generate your, your API documentation that other developers, like, if I made an API... I could send you the link to the Swagger documentation, and then you could use that to understand what you need to pass in requests, what you should expect back from a response, or and then also you could like make requests through the documentation. It had a, its own little uh, server powering it too, um, and it was cool. And then in 2015, after, or 2016, I believe, after a little bit of discussion, Swagger donated the specification to Linux Foundation, became what we now know as OpenAPI. The problem that we're running into, um, especially like Phil and myself on openapi.tools and other projects, is that because they donated the specification but not the name, people still call OpenAPI Swagger. And we, a lot of us now, are trying to figure out how do we, how do we move people graciously, kindly um, from Swagger to OpenAPI, like the naming and everything like that. Yeah. So talk to me a bit about some of the problems that come along with people referring to it by Swagger uh, versus OpenAPI or uh, with the two names coexisting. What, what, what are some of the challenges that that creates? Uh, I mean, the biggest challenge is that because OpenAPI is now its own specifications, its own living, breathing um, thing that developers can use, when you reference Swagger, when referencing OpenAPI, you're kind of refer you're, you're being disingenuous in what you're actually referencing. And that's creating a lot of confusing. It'd be like if I called um, 
I guess if I wanted, if I was calling React JavaScript as all of JavaScript, like I need yeah. to write this thing in React. No, you need to write it in. You're writing it in JavaScript. You're just using a flavor called React. Sure. I think that analogy kind of works, but the big the big problem is is it, it causes a lot of confusion because while you can still write open API uh, definitions with Swagger, you're actually not using their specification anymore. You're using the open source Linux foundation backed um, yeah. specification. So so in other words, Swagger the tool still exists, right? Uh, but but it is. Uh, guided by the open API specification you're implementing using open API using swagger the tool maybe or potentially you're talking about swagger as sort of a mile marker on the road a, a few years ago where swagger was the specification or the, they you know owned the specification so maybe creates some confusion that are you talking about swagger the company or are you talking about swagger the spec that uh, technically got handed off to open API uh, and are you maybe also talking about swagger as it currently exists uh, as, as something to help you build. Um, do, is that fair, do you think? I, I think you hit the nail on the head with that mile marker analogy. Um, because when I, when I think about the road of OpenAPI, and Phil's going to kill me because it's, it's cars and we're not in a Tesla. But um, when I, you nailed it perfectly. Because when I think about the whole roadmap of OpenAPI, um, the swagger exit is five exits back. And we're not turning around. We're going forward. And everything in the future is now open API, open API, open API, pushing forward. Um, so yeah, yeah, you definitely nailed it there. Like what we, we generally try and like be really gracious um, and forgiving when we're talking about pull requests on openapi.tools. When people say Swagger, we're just like, look, you know, Swagger's not dead, but for all intents and purposes, like we don't want to have this labeled anything swagger because that just adds more and more confusion. And I think part of the problem is that when they donated the specification, smart bear, the parent company who owned swagger didn't donate the name either. So that way it couldn't properly be, um, deprecated. And so right. it's one of those things where it's like how, like there's an open API marketing committee and they're looking at how to get the name, but it's like, I think part of what the issue is, is like, no, everyone's talking about how to use the spec, how to use the tooling, how to get people to use open API, but very few people are talking about how do we, how do we get people off of the name swagger onto open API? Sure. Yeah. And, and that's one of those things that's like an un, unspoken challenge about building things on the web as it currently exists is that uh, people who don't like aren't super users, aren't super like people who aren't listening to this podcast, but need to build an API are probably just searching for key terms around building APIs. And because Swagger existed for so long and had Mindshare for so long, it's very likely that they pop in into their search engine. Hey, how do I build an API or tools for building APIs or documentation for building APIs and Swagger comes up and without every page that on the internet that references Swagger being updated to say like, hey, this thing was called this, but here's the history of it, and you should now call it this, and here's where the most updated docs are. There are I'm functionally an infinite amount of sources that are at least, at, at, at best misleading, at worst out of date and inaccurate uh, that they can stumble into. Um, and, and so it's a weird thing where suddenly building tools to help developers 
build APIs is also a, a significant marketing challenge and a tooling challenge around SEO, uh, which is not usually what you and I talk about. I don't think either of us are really experts yeah. on SEO, but suddenly the internet needs to speak a different language with regards to building APIs, and that's that's a real issue. Well, it's, it's funny you mentioned um, SEO because so I had to give a talk to uh, last week at Portland PHP about intro to open API, and I was. <laughs> Kind of going, like I, I was picking out the parts of the schema that are absolutely required, so that way you know, like how, like what is the bare minimum you can, you need to do to get going with Open API. And I just Google, or I, like I use the Ecosia browser uh, search engine just so it plants trees. Um, but I just typed in like Open API required, and it. This is what really jarred me was out of the ten or so links present. Six of them were Swagger, zero of them were Open API, some of those API, and I was just like, "That's that's where it comes to." It's like, I I don't know a lot about SEO, but I, I feel like that is really a a struggle point for developers because I typed in Open API space required and got swaggered. Yeah, and, you know, and it, it's <laughs> changing. I mean, the internet never forgets, obviously. But there has to be some sort of way that more people can kind of help change the result set so that way we can push open API to the top and get people the right information um, rather than allowing them, I get, uh, not allowing them, but like giving them the ease of access to older information. Sure, yeah. The internet never forgets is, is a very accurate statement. Uh, I think it's also accurate to say that the internet can relearn, like it can remap its sort of neural pathways to guide you to information. One thing that comes to mind um, that was on a, a, a really, really large scale years ago was uh, Microsoft's old cloud storage product for a long time was called SkyDrive, right? That was your like, when you got your Hotmail address, you had a thing called SkyDrive and it was like Dropbox or, or uh, you know, any of those other tools. Um, and they had all this great branding around SkyDrive. They had some really cool logos. And I guess I should say, full, full disclosure, I was working at Microsoft at the time, though not on SkyDrive. Um, mm -hmm. And there was a big lawsuit with a, a news company out of the UK that sued them over um, a trademark uh, infringement. And they had to rename the product from SkyDrive to OneDrive. Uh, and suddenly, all of the information on the internet ever that talked about SkyDrive needed to now do the same thing and point to OneDrive, or you'd go search for SkyDrive and you would be mm -hmm. lost, or you'd you know think it was something misleading. It's a little easier when it's a company like Microsoft that probably controls most of the pages that talk about SkyDrive, and they can go update it and set up redirects and all that other stuff. But I'm I'm sure there was a significant um, content production challenge around getting all that stuff to remap. Uh, and especially when it has to do with a lawsuit and if you still have references to SkyDrive looking like a real product in existence, you can lose you know, what I'm sure is hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. That's a real challenge. Um, so, so maybe this is where I'll share the, the little I think I know about SEO, hopefully for smart people on the internet to come get in my mentions on Twitter and scream at me about how wrong I am. Uh, my experience has been that putting out content on the internet with the intention of getting um, search engines to understand what you want them to understand really has a lot to do with producing a, um, a, a, a certain 
uh, flow rate of content, a certain amount of content that all sort of interlinks and points to each other and says like, hey, this is a thing we think you should know about. This is a thing we think you should know about. And the, and the way the search engines kind of crawl and whatever it may be uh, tends to, to help out the content. So uh, tangibly, what I'm talking about is when I was building uh, the co-working company Simple, uh, we, we had a real desire to put out content that would drive coworking operators to our site because we build tools for coworking operators. And so what we ended up doing was building loads of landing pages on our marketing site that was, um, simple slash simple.io slash, uh, coworking tools, simple.io slash invoicing for coworking, simple.io slash uh, marketing for coworking, all these various sites that were kind of just like, here's a little blurb about here's what we can do to help you here, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, and that drove our traffic up uh, and eventually gave us, we had some pretty good SEO ranking uh, for, for that kind of stuff. Interestingly, what we found our competitors would, were doing was putting up sites that were like, um, it would be like Matt's uh, coworkingblog.com slash uh, the 10 best um, co-working tools online. And instead of talking about just what their product could do, they were listing off all of the products in the uh, ecosystem and doing a comparison of every other product versus theirs. Uh, so they got every keyword from everyone's everything and just kind of made their product look better and better. Uh, and the result was that by having tons of pages on the web that pointed to our thing or their thing or whatever, by nature, they were all sort of rising. And it sounds to me like maybe one of the steps that could be taken to improve this Swagger versus uh, open API problem is just doing something like that uh, and, and putting out content that says like, anytime you or me or Phil or anyone you know in, in our, our APIs community comes across uh, someone talking about Swagger in a way that is potentially confusing, uh, there would be a use to uh, hitting the reply button on that forum or whatever it is and posting a link to, I don't know, apisyouwonthate.com slash please no more swagger or whatever that explains, hey, it looks like there's a reference to swagger here. We want you to know that you should call it open API for all these reasons. Here's a list of references for why. Here's sort of the, the historical thing. And eventually as the internet rebuilds its hive mind, it might start pointing to some, some better um, uh, seeded SEO content around that. That doesn't necessarily solve the mind share problem. Humans still need to understand the right thing and kind of get there. Uh, and and it's one of those things that's probably best as a community effort for something like OpenAPI, which is you know open source supported and all that other thing. Um, that's 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 a step in the right direction as I see it, but I don't know if that's the entire solution. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Just spitballing, Matt. What do you think? No, I, I think you're you're onto something. It's a, it's a twofold problem, obviously. One, Open API is an open source backed. They are backed by the Linux Foundation, but they are open. They are an open source community. So I think it's a it's a twofold problem. One, I think like your your content idea is pretty sound. And like, I, I don't know if we have a page on apisyouwonthate.com, um, but we could totally do that. And then. Anytime we see it, just, hey, like, gently kind of push people, like, you know, this is not, Swagger is not really what you mean anymore. It's open API. Here's a whole list of reasons. Um, and I think it's good to have us, the community, talking about it because ultimately this is what drives conversation um, is um, prominent, well, I, I hope we're prominent, but like prominent um, people, prominent podcasts, prominent blogs, people who carry weight in the community, like Phil, like Art Nodlar, Ken Lane, all those 
the juggernauts of our API community say, doing the same kind of um, conversing across the web. And then also having OpenAPI kind of make a concerted push as well to um, perhaps even have a page on their uh, marketing website. It says like, why? Why are we OpenAPI? Why are we not Swagger? Why should you, why, just a why behind it. Um, yeah. I think effectively those two things is kind of like a, a two-pronged approach should collectively start resetting the internet hive mind in a way that um, you can do it rather cheaply as well, um, because you know open or um, open source communities they're never flush with cash. You know, it's definitely going to be sure. more of a groundswell, um, crowdsourced effort. But I think when you have those two working together, um, along with podcasts, blogs, Twitter, all that kind of stuff, through whoever you can, I think collectively will reset the hive mind. But then it's it's breaking habits as well because you know Swagger's been around since longer than I've been a developer. So for some people, it's it's as natural as as jQuery. You know, like yeah. some people are always just going to reach for jQuery, right? Um, no matter what the latest and greatest JavaScript tool is. Some people, like in in my world, the PHP world, you know, Laravel may be the latest and greatest, but they're still going to just reach for what they're super comfortable with. And so it is, it is going to be kind of uncomfortable for a little bit to relearn that swagger, how you're using it, is not how it's being used anymore. And we need to catch people up, I guess. Yeah. I, th I think that the important thing that you hit on there is that it needs it, it doesn't need to, but it can. And it's helpful for it to start with the, uh, as you called them, the juggernauts, right? Like... I have seen, no doubt, Phil and Arnaud and all these other people on pull requests across the web, dropping in things saying like, hey, please don't refer to this as open API. And, and yeah. uh, you know, the, the standard sort of diatribe about here's why, here's the things on their pull request, requesting changes to these sites. The challenge with that is that that's not scalable from a just Phil standpoint or just Matt standpoint or just Mike standpoint. So the, the scalability challenge, especially on the web scale, uh, is helped by putting out content that is like, hey, here's the 30-second uh, elevator pitch for why you need to make this change and why it's important. And if it's put out by someone like us, like Phil, like whoever else on the web, uh, it then lives as this standing thing at a URL that's hopefully dependable that says, like, next time someone comes across this, we're going to arm you with a great argument for this thing. And Phil can drop that on all of his pull requests going forward, and the community can start to use that. Uh, and 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 it sort of starts to like branch out a bit like um, Fantasia. You're you're suddenly chopping that the brooms in half, and they're turning into more and more uh, cleanup efforts to to get rid of this uh, problem with Swagger. And it won't necessarily go away straight away, but having that content there is important and useful. Uh, and and the more the more we're talking about this, the more I'm thinking you and I need to go buy a URL and put up a very simple landing page that's just like, hey, here's a paragraph about why you should do this, and we're going to keep a running list of resources below it, uh, because that's an, an easy, empowering thing and something that, that the community can help with as well. I, I think you're absolutely right on the scalability thing, because, I mean, we probably shouldn't talk on Phil when he's not here, but let's just, you know, take it for what it is. That dude is doing more in the world um, in one weekend than I think I've done in, like, an entire year. So, so real, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, he is out there riding bikes. He's out there publishing content. He's out there planting trees, running a foundation. Um, 
overall, it's incredible to watch him do the things that he does. So it's not reliable for us to ask him to also um, take on another responsibility, which is patrolling the the internet, patrolling pull requests, and set and, you know keeping a running tally of like open API versus swag or things like that. Just like it's not fair to ask or not, it's not fair to ask Ken, it's not fair to ask Lorna Jane. Um, it really it, it's got to be a a group effort of all of us just when we have time when we have um a few seconds of our day to kind of handle it like we need a on honestly we need like a, a group as a, a, i hate to say another slack or something but like a slack group where like we can invite as many of the juggernauts as possible keep everyone in one place because that also keeps your messaging on brand too um which is another mm-hmm. thing that if you're just kind of like, hey, Phil, go do this. Hey, Arnold, go do this. Hey, hey, Lorna, please help us out here. The messaging is going to be generally the same, but you know, everyone's going to kind of have their own little tweak to it. Whereas like, if, we're, if we can lock it down to one distinct message that everyone can copy and paste with the URL, openapi, not swagger.com or something like that, that's available, I think. And I might buy it. <laughs> you're, uh, you're staring longingly at a web page while you say this. I, yeah, you know, I have name. <laughs> I have a name sheet pulled over right here. There but you I, go. Yeah, I, like I think that's that's really kind of like one of the things. It's like we need kind of a guerrilla content creation, content management campaign. Um, that's been blessed by the Open API community to kind of start making this push because otherwise the hive mind is just going to get more and more and more entrenched in what they're already used to, which is using swagger when they mean open API. Yeah. Truly the best time to have started something like this is less, you know, yesterday. Uh, and, and so the sooner the better with these kinds of efforts. Um, I think the other end to it is from an ethos standpoint, uh, approaching it not as a rival or as something to be angry about, but like as a as an ally sort of thing, saying like, hey, it's your friendly neighborhood, uh, Matt Trask here, uh, just coming in to say that it'd be super helpful if you could change this thing around because here's three reasons and like we, we love what you're doing, we love that you're adding to the ecosystem as opposed to dropping in and saying like, look at this nonsense, you absolute fools, like you need to change this. That, that sort of thing is never good for community and for building uh, relationships and, and allyships and all the things that we wanna do in the community. Um, and there's a real opportunity there. Uh, and I think everyone has seen things go the wrong way, you know, with, with efforts like that. But um, we, we have a chance to make this thing work and do it in a way that um, can be super helpful. Uh, and I think between, you know, the, the, uh, the synapses firing off and on the podcast here without, uh, um, our buddy Phil, we can probably make something happen there. It's, it's worth a shot. I've, I've got a, a time to cut out of my day to, to make something like that happen. If you do Matt. Well, I just bought that domain. <laughs> One piece of cake. Yeah. I mean, all right. Would I, would I not be, I mean, you know, would I really be a developer if I wasn't just aimlessly buying domains and collecting them right. in my little corner of the world. I hang on to them like uh, Pokemon cards. I got a bill the other day from Namecheap. It was like $25 for domain renewals. And I was like, what did I, what, what just happened? Cause <laughs> which project did I forget about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. I mean, the other thing you bring up is, is, um, is the whole allyship aspect, which is like, you can't just come into a pull request, you know, guns blazing so to speak with like ready for a fight like you you've really got to kind of 
you have to have a message that says like, look, you know, don't even start it with look, just love what you're doing. Think this project's great. Um, if, if I can make one suggestion, swagger is not really what you're going for these days. Um, but I think, you know, the other problem as, as we've been talking about this, I think one of the reasons why people still use swagger when in their projects, when they're talking about open API is the SEO hits. And because they're able to, because they know Swagger is going to get them higher on uh, a Google search or something like that. And it's it's one of those things where it comes back to getting OpenAPI to overtake Swagger in the SEO battle. Right. Which then I think once that happens, you'll start seeing people kind of dropping off with Swagger because OpenAPI is going to get them more clicks and more clicks leads to more freelance opportunities. It may lead to a better job opportunity. It may lead to a life-changing opportunity, something like that. And so I think it, it all comes back down to, this is a glorified SEO problem that has been festering now for five years. And it's finally starting to come to a head. And I think it, once we break that, everything else has a chance of, um, um, kind of happening as well i think you know and it comes back you know i think the allyship this simple little site that i'm probably going to make tonight that will hopefully kind of talk about why you should use open api and not swagger um and passing that around to all the juggernauts of our community i think that should start pushing us in a direction um that will free us of this problem going forward yeah, I, I I think you're right, and I think the the time is now, Matt, and and we'll we'll play around with something and put it out into the world and see what we can do. It's it's a it's a slow shift in tide that's going to have to happen with this stuff, but it's got to start somewhere. Uh, and I'm sure there's already good content out there about it, uh, and, and a concentrated effort can't hurt either. No, and I mean, and you, like the the slow turn is is what I think about like a lot of things. You know, like you know, this is like a an ocean liner. And you can't just turn this thing on a dime. You gotta, you know, throw the engines in reverse, turn it all the way over, let it do its thing. You know, it's gonna be a, a slow process. Like it's not gonna be fixed um, by next week. But I think even this conversation, I think, gets it going in the right direction because of all the API podcasts out there, I don't think anyone else is really talking about this. Well, I'm, gl I'm glad we got the ball rolling here, man. Let's. Um, so let's let's. Yeah, I have a feeling you and I are going to spend some time uh, on some pull requests uh, to, to make yep. some things happen here. Um, tell me what else is going on in your world these days. What, what's uh, What's been new with you since the last time we recorded? When was the last time we recorded? Last time you and I recorded was like in February, I think. It's been yeah. a bit, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, man, nothing, nothing really. Just buying Legos. You did, you did at least one conference talk, right? Oh, so uh, I did... I, I gave three talks last this month, um, which is a lot for me. I did um, a talk for the Google Developers Group in Memphis, which ended up being around like 250 people, um, which is like the biggest crowd I've ever talked to. And that was a intro to HTTP, kind of like a ABCs, one, two, threes of REST, which was super cool to do. Um, ended up, thought I was going to do it in an hour, ended up taking me an hour and a half, but... Um, it was it was a lot of fun, and then otherwise just working, hanging out, you know, trying to, trying to, yeah. I, I see the light at the end of the tunnel, 
of all this stuff. And I'm really hoping it's light and not a train that's just like going to come <laughs> hit us really hard. Uh, how yeah. about you? Uh, yeah, I've been hard at work at work uh, for the past few months um, with with some um, building out of things and content that I can't quite share yet, for better or worse. Uh, but by probably by the next time we talk, I'll be able to shout about what I've been working on and, and share some of that stuff publicly with the world. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of content prep and content creation uh, for, for my job um, on the oh, assistant awesome. team. Yeah. Yeah, so there there'll be more to share. I just have to be quiet about it for uh, honestly another week or two, uh, and then, then we bad. can start talking a little more. Yeah. I also just saw your cat in the background attack your door. That's why I was laughing. Was... Yeah, she's here making trouble. They've been screaming on and off while we've been podcasting here. I'm trying to mute judiciously. I see my cat's little paw like creep under the door, and I'm like, I'm not. I, I know what happens if I let you in. This is not gonna, <laughs> not gonna go well. So all right, I mean, I think. I think we have, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think we just put some steps in place. Um, if you're listening to this podcast down the road and you have thoughts, comments, suggestions, um, you can tweet myself at, at Matthew Trask. You can tweet at APIs You Won't Hate. Mike, your Twitter is at Irreverent Mike. That's the one, the tongue twister as always. Yeah, find, find us there. Uh, we're always happy to help and share and work with y'all. Um, we're we're around. Uh, Phil will probably be with us next time. We we have some topics in mind to chat with him uh, when he's available. And yeah, yeah, man. I think I think that's a that's a, a pretty good rant on naming and marketing from two guys who are not naming or marketing <laughs> experts. Exactly. And then also this project, this little one pager, will end up being open source. So as we as we or as I, I, don't, I have no idea how this is going to go, but as it gets built out, you'll be able to, I'll be tweeting out the GitHub link um, so people who are better with words than me can massage the message a lot better. Um, so look for that link as we get it going. We will drop it on all the proper channels. And other than that, man, I think we're good. And we'll catch everyone next time. Sounds good, Matt. See you soon.